Learning never stops. That goes double for medicine. Doctors have vast knowledge, but they need to remain sharp. Every year we find new diseases, innovations, and drugs. The physicians keeping up with their craft, among other requirements, are what we call board certified. Why should patients care about that title? After this pod, you'll know what a board certified doctor means, as well as helpful tools to find a solid one. Your well-being should be about thriving instead of surviving. It's about time to empower yourself and navigate our healthcare system with ease. My name is Rishi and this is the show, Friendly Neighborhood Patient. It's no secret that seeing a board-certified doctor is better than visiting someone who's not. But what does that signal really mean to patients? The bottom line is competence. Getting board certified is an extra gauntlet after med school related to your doctor's chosen practice. Most physicians have a specialty, whether it be something like dermatology, pediatrics, or surgical expertise of some kind. Medicine is at the point of having more than 40 recognized specialties and 88 subspecialties. Once your doctor earns the official MD degree, they take a separate exam and fulfill other requirements to provide and prove aptitude for a given category. After passing, your doctor becomes a specialist in a field like cardiology and is officially recognized by a related board. In this case, it would be the American College of Cardiology. The American Board of Medical Specialties, or ABMS, and similar organizations handle that process. A certification isn't the same as your doctor's license. Every doctor needs to have an MD or DO to practice in a given state and legally see patients. Every diplomat, meaning a board-certified doctor, has a license, but not every license holder is certified. Board certification is still optional, but think of when your teacher or boss highly encourages you to do something. Board certification is a bit of a false choice for doctors. I'll go over the incentives for why this is, but first you should know the scope of certification across medicine. As of 2021, there were more than 940,000 diplomats based on ABMS standards. Given that the U.S. has just over 1 million active physicians, as I've mentioned in past episodes, more than 92-93% to of those doctors have a certification. There's a little variability because over 25% of doctors have two or more board-acknowledged specialties. Though not all physicians are created equal, the sheer number of them who pass their boards will have a minimum level of knowledge to be updated in a given field. Board certification is actually more than 100 years old, but the need to recertify only started in the late 90s and early 2000s. Every specialty has their own maintenance of certification and continuing medical education, or CME. These requirements can involve anything from answering mock clinic scenario questions every quarter to attending seminars on new topics. 650,000 diplomats are doing active CME. That's just 69% of recognized board holders. It's one thing to be certified, and it's another thing entirely to keep up with the field all the time. Patients should take comfort in knowing that medical boards constantly adjust their exams to fit the newest practical medical knowledge. The cynics among us might say that board-certified doctors can pass an exam, but they can't handle the chaotic realities of running a practice or doing tedious admin work and dealing with big medicine in general. Physicians still need to keep up their expertise while juggling day-to-day clinic duties. The many little responsibilities at the clinic besides seeing patients add up fast and drain any spare time to learn about the newest drugs or procedures out there. The Policy and Medicine publication reviewed a 2008 study of primary physicians' workload. 
the authors suggest that a doctor fields, bear with me here, 18 patients, 23 phone calls, 17 emails, 11 imaging reports, 20 lab panels, 14 consult notes with other doctors, and 12 prescription refills a day. That doesn't include uncompensated time spent on chart notes, journal review, or CME. From my own experience managing a clinic, there's pressure to see even more patients, do procedures, take calls, and then delegate refills or emails to other staff. In any case, how can we expect all our doctors to know the newest stuff? Some doctors build separate time for CME into their calendar to balance their backlog. Part of what board certification does, that patients can appreciate, is to help test doctors through such knowledge gaps. If a doctor has a pulse on new drugs, surgical techniques, and changing prevention guidance, you'll likely get the benefit of choice in treatment, which is a win. Given how long doctors need to train before they can see a patient, it shouldn't be surprising that such people, mostly, enjoy learning for learning's sake. Outside forces still play a huge role, though, in why every doctor feels the need to be certified. As medicine advanced during the 20th century, more hospitals started to demand their physicians to be certified for various specialties, including surgery. The number of diplomats climbed faster when insurance companies in the 1980s preferred to have board holders in their networks for better contract terms. Not to mention that malpractice insurers offered better rates to diplomats. By 2002, most boards required maintenance for certification and repeat exams in some form every several years, usually 6 to 10 years at a time. It's hard to find a new doctor today that isn't looking to get certified after finishing med school. Like anyone else, they have to compete for jobs as well. If nearly every active doctor passed their board exams, what does that say about care quality? Being recognized by ABMS is a signal and not a guarantee of competence. That's not to say that uncertified doctors with a legal state license are better or worse. What still matters is doing a little research ahead of time when picking a doctor with or without certification. Speaking of research, it turns out there are other tools besides Google Maps and reviews to help you find a doctor. During any provider search, board certification is concrete and public info. Certificationmatters.org is by far the best resource to find a board holder in your area. On that site, you can write a doctor's name and your state, then you'll see a readout for what board that provider is affiliated with. Let's say you're in the market for a dermatologist. Certification Matters tells you instantly if a given doctor is recognized by the American Board of Dermatology. If you have a kid needing skin care, you could also check for a dermatology and pediatric society affiliation as well. No need to call the office and wait on hold to learn the exact same info. Consider your medical condition to find out if there's a certification related to your issue. If you get a hit for a physician in your area with the expertise you need, it's worth pursuing that lead further. I'll have another screenshot and link on that page on my substack at rishinagala.substack.com. A doctor's license is public as well. Your state's medical board, so it would be called something like the Oregon Medical Board or Medical Board of California, will have a license search page. These websites give a clear picture of a doctor standing if you're unsure about a given name in your search. Red flags like an expired license or existing citation stand out. Finding and sticking with a doctor is a long quest, so take advantage of certification matters and state license info so you don't need to lean as hard on Google or practices website. These little bits of reconnaissance make for a great start in finding a solid-fitting doctor. Patients are getting empowered to drive both their care and pick the right professional.
We also deeply trust our tech and devices. Sometimes we believe what our smartwatch tells about our well-being more so than a trained doctor's opinion. The next pod's going all in on how wearables matter and don't matter for your healthcare journey. Stay tuned and subscribe to Friendly Neighborhood Patient for practical healthcare tidbits. I'll catch you the next episode.